You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. My name is Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. And guys, this one is a big one. This is the one you guys voted on and uh, stoked to bring it to you. Um, first off, we've done uh, 100. This is episode 103. Um, and so most episodes have been done with you know musicians, uh, some comedians, authors, business types, as far as, you know, entertainment business. Um, and sometimes they cross over. Sometimes, you know, uh, a musician's also an author or, or vice versa, or, or a comedian has a book out, you know, um, that kind of stuff. But this one, guys, is straight up Hollywood. And this is the episode that you guys are, are, are vote, had voted on. And uh, Mr. Danny Trejo is on the show today. Um, you guys might know him as Machete. Um, he's been in over 300 movies, 300 and I can't remember, can't remember if it was 320 or 370, but it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, he's been in so many movies, a lot of, if you say his name, uh, from what I've said so far to friends and stuff, uh, as I'm talking about who's coming up on the show, I'd say Danny Trejo and they'd say, who? And I show him a picture like, oh shit, that guy. <laughs> so it's that kind of a thing where 
literally I think everyone in the world knows who he is. They may not know him by name, but they have absolutely seen him in movies. Um, he usually plays a bad guy or a prisoner or we go into it in the interview a little bit about how he got into movies and how it, it just kind of fell into place. The producer took a look at him. Um, he was there for a drug counseling session with the cast and basically just offered him a job. You want to make, you know, this much money a day to be an extra and starting as an extra and moving his way up to being, you know, one of the most prolific actors of all time. Uh, and then now he's here on peer pleasure. So, uh, I was just as shocked as you guys are. Um, I'm not sure how many of you thought this was fake, uh, when I posted it, uh, that he was coming on the show, but he absolutely did. He was an absolute gem of a human being. Um, we laughed quite a bit. Uh, there's a part in here where he takes his shirt off cause it was hot outside. Um, so Mr. Machete himself was walking around shirtless doing this interview in Los Angeles. Um, there's another part where he pauses to talk to a pretty lady. So, uh, you know, it was just exactly how I had thought it would be. Um, you know, I don't talk to many actors or any at all usually. So, um, it was a quite an interesting, uh, injection into Hollywood for me. And, uh, you know, big thanks to Brian Gross for setting this up. Uh, he's a sweet man. And, uh, you know, Danny was just awesome. So I think you guys are really going to dig this one. Um, we only had 45 minutes with him, uh, which is which is typical. Uh, you know, people have busy schedules and, and fitting in, you know, coming in on a podcast. Uh, a lot of people are still learning what a podcast is. Um, but we had a blast. I mean, the time flew by um, to the point where, you know, uh, we had to break for a second and, and say, Hey, you got, you know, this much time left. Cause we both lost track of time. We were just going. So, um, you guys that have listened to all the episodes of the show know how I do it. I just kind of keep it natural. And sometimes it'll go two and a half hours, you know, sometimes it'll go, you know, 30 minutes. It just depends. Um, a lot of times people ask for 45 minutes and we'll do an hour and a half. Um, you know, and, and, uh, that's all depending on the guest. And, and that's one comment, um, or compliment that really, uh, makes me feel good is when a guest texts me afterwards or something says, Hey, that was really fun. You know, not like a typical interview. Cause that's exactly what I'm going for is just keeping, you know, preserving a conversation, a moment in time, a real moment between two people that from now until the internet explodes, uh, people can go back and listen to, it's going to outlive myself. It's going to, you know, outlive the guest. It's, it's, uh, something that's out there and it's a special, special thing between two people. And, and I'm glad you guys are enjoying these episodes. Um, you know, I try not to ramble too much about my personal stuff and, and, you know, some hosts do some hosts go into, you know, what they're doing that week. And, and, uh, you know, I've been told both things. I've been told, Hey, tone it down on the personal stuff, just get to the guest. And I've been told, Hey, we want to know more about you. Um, but I think you guys know a lot about me. I've, you know, mentioned things here and there and what's going on. Um, you know, I'm feeling really good today. It's uh, July 1st and uh, when I'm recording this and uh, feel really good today. And uh, it's a beautiful day outside and uh, just stoked to bring you guys this this interview. So uh, let's get some business out of the way and then we'll jump right in as we always do. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. Uh, you can go there for all the episodes. Um, if there is show notes, show notes, I've been really lacking on those. Um, but you can find all the episodes there, any happenings with the show, who's coming up, that kind of stuff. Um, you can find us on all the socials. Uh, I tend to go more towards Instagram. It seems to be the easiest one to half-ass, I guess, because um, I'm not huge into social media. But uh, 
that'll definitely be the place to find all the information when it comes out. I uh, don't really use Twitter much, but we are on there. So if, if that's what you use the most, definitely follow us on there. Um, definitely rate and subscribe to the show. That's another big thing, guys, is is those reviews. If you could review the show, give it a five-star rating if you enjoy it. Um, just be honest, but, uh, you know, they really help us out with algorithms, with chart positions, stuff like that. Um, there's a whole little back end world to podcasting that's, I'm still figuring out the network, uh, usually pretty good about handling that stuff, David and everybody over there, but guys, uh, rating and reviewing the show really helps. So go do that. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it. Um, we got a few sponsors to talk about. We've got merge for socks. Merge for Socks have been fantastic to the show. They're always sending us new stuff. They're sending stuff to some of my guests to try out. We've been linking some people together, and uh, you know they've been they've been a great uh, sponsor. I mean, super comfortable socks, awesome prints, and uh, yeah, check out Merge Four on Instagram, on the web, um, and definitely check out artistflags.com. Artistflags.com just made me three more flags. I'll put some. Po- I think I just posted them on Instagram. Um, but I've got flags, I think, of all the different stickers and logos we've done for the show. Um, and those are lining my studio downstairs of my house um, and practice space, all that stuff. And uh, they're going to be coming up for sale again soon. Um, some more, you know, the three foot by three foot flags. We sold a bunch of them last time and uh, looking to do some more. So there's been some demand for those. So definitely check that out in the near future. Um, and RER Studio, uh, my buddy, writer Evan Robeson. Um, has been an amazing uh, instrumental piece in this podcast, in this in this show in general. Um, you guys saw all the crazy guitar strap work he did for me. One of the most special things I've ever received, and uh, you know I'll be playing with it forever. I mean, it's something that'll last a lifetime. And uh, if you guys are looking for leather work, um, definitely hit up RER Studio um, on Instagram uh, or writer Evan Robeson uh, is my man. And he's, like I said, he's been awesome. He's been a guest on the show. Definitely check out that episode and you hear his story. But uh, I mean, one of the most talented artists I've ever seen. Um, so go check him out. And uh, like I say, if you need a strap, you need a camera strap, belts. I mean, all he does everything. He does woodworking on the guitar, um, like old guitars, just I mean, ridiculous stuff. You'll see it. Check it out on Instagram, RER Studio. And... Uh, Man, guys, I'm stoked to bring you into this episode with Danny. Um, I don't have much else to say, but thank you for coming back week after week. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate having you guys, getting all the emails, the comments, tons of comments on the Josh Eppard episode. Uh, I think that was one of your guys' favorites. It was one of mine for sure, and uh, we had another long conversation uh, at the in the backstage area of the, the Coheed show here at the Moda Center, and I was like, man, we should have recorded this too. Um, so maybe some stuff happening there. We'll see what happens. Uh, but definitely go check out the last episode with Josh Eppard. If you haven't from Coed and Cambria and guys, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Mr. Danny Trejo. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on their 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. 
We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out. And stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm 
is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. talking to hey what's up danny this is dewey from the pure pleasure podcast my man what is up homie dude how are you doing good 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 i'm so glad to have you on the show man i appreciate it brian hooked this up and, yeah uh, yeah 
Dude. Peter group pressure. Wow, that's cool. That's <laughs> it. We're trying to try to remember it. Hey, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's leaders and followers. And people that crumble to peer group pressure, well, they're followers. Yeah, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent agree. You know what I mean? And yeah. anybody it's so funny, it's like everybody thinks gangs are like, you know, the gangs this gang. Gangs are all followers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. It's a whole group of followers. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're all they're all followers. Like, hey, well, you and 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 you know, it's, like, it's so funny, man. I mean, it's just funny. It's like like people, you know, people I'll die for this neighborhood, this is my neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. And they tattoo it on their chest and all that shit. And then if their mom moves to a different neighborhood, all of a sudden they gotta start scratching shit out. <laughs> well, now I'm from here. Dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Well, dude, you sound great. Uh I mean, straight off the I mean, I usually do a lot of these on the phone, but you sound fantastic. It sounds like you're in the same place. So uh yeah. excellent. Where are you at? Where I'm are you at? In, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, cool. I love Portland. Been Just there. right up the I five, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About 15 hours. We're right up the road. Yeah. Man. Well, Danny Trejo, welcome to the Peer Pleasure Podcast, man. And, and cool. uh, stoked to have you on. And uh, this is cool. This is a first for me with, with having a uh, – I mean, I've had uh, Oscar winners on the show, but it's for – a lot of times it's for something else like um, uh, sound editing, things like that, people that were in yeah. bands before. So yeah. um, I do a lot of musicians and and, uh, and stuff like that. Well, I'm, a, I've never won an Oscar, but uh, my neighbor would put a mural on a – on a door that I robbed. So okay, <laughs> that's probably even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, Hollywood gives you a star that everybody can step on, and uh, in my neighborhood, we'll, we'll, we'll put a mural. So me and Richie Valens are both both on the wall. Oh, that's fantastic! That's absolutely fantastic. Well, Danny, yeah. dude, I uh, I want to get your story, man. I want to start at the beginning a little bit, if that's okay, and and. Uh, you know where you came up and and uh kind of what your child was like childhood was like a little bit i mean I, you've got a pretty interesting story pretty prolific yeah. guy you know um for my listenership especially uh, you mind if we start there ask me whatever you want holmes i'm open well tell me tell me about where you grew up and kind of what your childhood was like and kind of i'm sure that kind of formulated how the the path you went down originally so well, okay, I grew up, I, I was born on, uh, on Temple Street, right, and then moved from there to uh, Echo Park and uh, uh, got in trouble in Thomas Dark King Junior High, and they sent me to uh, Texas. And I was supposed to stay in Texas three years, but uh, if you ever, one summer in Texas is enough for a L.A. boy. Oh, you know shit, what I mean? yeah. So I spent, yeah, I don't like being around mosquitoes. You got to shoot with a twenty-two. <laughs> and so, so I, I, uh, I, you know, I came back and my mom and dad had bought a house in Pacoima, it was San Fernando Valley, and that's that's righteous where I'm from, San Fernando Valley, Pacoima. Okay. And so when the, they said they sent you to Texas, was what did they send you to Texas for? With family or was it for? Uh, no, uh, it was uh, I, 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 somebody. This one kid, he threw a. India ink on a white sweater my mom gave me, so I, I uh, tuned him up. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like just got him, got mad at him, and uh, and so uh, 
you know, juvenile hall and then uh, to Texas. So it's out of state release. So. Shit. So, so how old were you when that happened? About 12, 13. Okay. And so. Yeah, because when I came back, I, I came back uh, to Bacon, I was 13 years old. Okay. And so did you get in? I mean, I know you've had, um, you know, issues with, with, uh, Substance abuse and a lot of yeah. a lot of time in, in. I mean, when did when did that start for well, you? I mean, was that you know what? It's this was like in the fifties. You know, so like my, my I had an uncle because you got to remember that marijuana you used to grow anywhere there was a leaky faucet in the sun. You could put marijuana seeds and in a month you'd have a <laughs> marijuana plant. You know? and so it wasn't like a a big deal. And and uh, my uncle turned me on to grass eight years, but about eight, and so we smoked weed for a while and then. Uh, I got a, I, I, I busted him fixing when he, I was about 12. And so I demanded he give me some. Oh shit. Heroin. And yeah. And then from there, it was kind of downhill. <laughs> oh my God. So your uncle, you and your uncle were smoking weed when you're eight years old. Yeah. But you know what? It's like, let me tell you, when I say that to a Kiwanis club, they, that's, you know, their reaction is, Oh my God. But when I say that to a grammar school class, they go, yeah, okay. So Because, you know, a lot of them have already smoked weed. It's like so funny. I mean, we're so afraid of stuff like sex abuse at an early age. Mm -hmm. That's why we got so many damn teenage pregnancies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so funny. I was in a, a Ralph's market and this guy told me, well, we have to hide the condoms because the junior high school kids <laughs> steal them. I said, you're a fucking idiot. You ought to give them to them. Yeah. You know, and so, so he didn't understand, you know, uh, and, but, but, and so, you know, it's like our, it's so funny. It's like, you know, we keep talking about a war on drugs, a war on drugs. You don't, it's the bullshit. You, what the government has is a war on drug users. Mm -hmm. they, what they should be doing is having uh, clinics. They should be having uh, a Teenage uh, seminars. They should be having education in grammar school about what not to do. See, because the biggest problem is when when they see somebody with a uh, with a uh, low hanging jeans and and a and a gold cross and and tattoos, they're impressed. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like if we start saying, "Wait a minute." This isn't the way to go. This is the way to go at an early age. And all of a sudden, it's like we've taken cool away from the negative negativity and put it on the on the uh, on the kids that are that are smart. Those are the cool kids. Yeah. When I go to a school, you know, when you talk to kids. First, you have to get their attention, which is impossible because they have none. Mm hmm. Then you got to keep their attention, which is impossible because of number one, they don't have any. Yeah. Then you have to show them that you're cool. Now, if you're 10 years older than them and not, and not don't look like them, first of all, you, you, you lost your cool button. You can't be cool. Then you got to deliver your message. My message, drugs and alcohol, will ruin your life. Education is the key to anything you want to do. That's my message. Mm -hmm. Anybody can deliver that message. The only problem is they're not listening. When I walk onto a campus, the minute I step foot on it, I have their attention. Not 
Danny Trejo, but the guy from Spy Kids, the guy from Heat, the guy from Desperado, <laughs> the guy from Con Air, they want to hear what that guy has to say. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. And so when I tell them, don't drink, don't use, men, you get good grace, boom, it's like they can hear it. Yeah. I, I honestly believe we should see more celeb, more actors, more people that are in the media schools talking junior high schools I, I go to juvenile me and mario castillo we go to juvenile hall every you know every chance we get you know and and we show them guys wait a minute the guys you're looking at are cool the guys you're respecting in the in the mob and in the gangs they're not cool they're in prison yeah yeah, yeah. this is cool making movies is cool Starting restaurants is cool. Starting, I started a record company, Trejo Music. We're dropping an album this month. Good and Lord. that's cool. You're doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a boxer uh, named Sanisa Estrada. She just won the, uh, the featherweight championship of the world, WBC. Wow. You're managing boxers, too. Yeah, oh, she's awesome too, man. I mean, she, she's like 108 pounds, right? That's probably yeah, she's probably about 30 seconds tall, and and she's uh, she's absolutely gorgeous. Well, she can fight her ass off. <laughs> and, and her story, her her story is really funny because her dad was training the boys, right? Yeah. And she kept, come on, Dad, jump in a box. Like, no, no, you can't. No, no, you can't. No, no, you can't. Yeah. You're a girl, you know. So she pestered him. So finally, he, he got a kid about 10 years old and said, look, I don't want you to hurt her, but I want you to convince her, convince her she don't want to fight. <laughs> hey, she kicked the <laughs> shit out of this. They had, to, they had to pull her off this kid, right? And... <laughs> And so she definitely has the killer spirit, you know. So, yeah. so she's, she's now won the uh, the uh, WBC championship of the world. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing! I, I giggle every time I think about it. It's like funny, you know. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, you, yeah. so you you got in. I mean, you had. So you say your uncle uncle got you into things. Uh, did you have parents around at the time, or was your uncle kind yeah, of your but, mentor? Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, but you know what? Once you start smoking weed, and yeah. once you start, you know, using drugs, they've lost control. You just got another dad. You just got another mom, mm -hmm. and it's these drugs. And a lot of times, when you get involved in gangs, that's your mom and dad. When you get involved in the streets, that's you know, it's like the minute the biggest problem with a lot of kids today is that their role model chooser is messed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The role models we choose. I mean, uh, you know, it's, I think the cutest thing in the world is all these rappers that want to be gangsters. Oh. I, it's like, wait, wait a minute, Holmes. <laughs> you know, it's like they're, they're trying to be gangsters. Now, wait a minute. I remember Ice Cube said something. We were at a concert and there was one of the little rappers, right? He got busted for a bunch of machine guns and he was screaming and yelling. And, and I was standing there. And I said, you know what? For 25 cents, I'd go over and beat that, slap the shit out of that little kid. And <laughs> and and I, it's funny because Ice Cube says, Ice Cube says, you know, that kid, if he didn't get his street credits before he got here, he can't get them now. Yeah. You, you, you understand? It's like, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I, I mean, if you want street, cool, street credits, are, I guess, I don't know. But, but it's like. The minute you cut a record, you are no longer a gangster. Now you are an artist. Yeah. And and if you try to try to play both sides, 
something tragic is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Jails, institution, or death, and I can run down the name. I can run down the. I can run down the list of men that have died. Do you understand? Yeah. Trying to play both sides. Shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not a gangster. I am no way a gangster. I'm an entrepreneur. But I'll tell you one thing: when I walk into the room, all them gangsters stand up. Now, why is that, Danny? Why is that? <laughs> why? Tell me why that is. Because I mean, I'm that's, familiar with your work, and you are a terrifying guy when you want to be. But that's the credit. That's yeah. the credit. That's that was before, though. That was now the respect. The respect that they have for me from where I was at to where I'm at now. So, how did you earn that credit, though? How did you earn that credit? Were you were you involved in gangs too before prison? Uh, you know what? I was. I was. Uh... God, I have to say, you know what, uh, you know, when you're the lightweight and welterweight champion of every penitentiary you were in, people tend Jesus to respect Christ. you. And and uh, and there's only two kinds of people in prison. There's either predator or prey. Now, you have to decide every morning what you're going to be. You understand? So yeah. wait a minute now. I would much rather be on the top of a pile of shit than on the bottom. You don't want to be in the middle. <laughs> Or the middle, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you become you become a predator. Me, a guy named Tyrone Rye, a guy named I've been over there about four of us. So and what we did we started running a little uh I'm trying to think of the word. It it, it was called a uh, like a protection ring. Okay, and so you, you need, charge people protection. to protect them. You could pay a, yeah, out, out here they would call it extortion. Uh-huh. But in prison it's protection. You know, so okay. we had a pretty good little good thing going. Only problem is that sometimes you have to show people know that they are being protected and this is what'll happen mm-hmm. if you if you hurt them or cross them, you know. But I I've got I was out of prison five years and still getting Christmas cards from families of, of, of kids that I that we we took care of. Man. So that's where the entrepreneurial spirit started, right there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, so, so funny because everybody always says, "Well, what training did you have acting?" I says, "Oh, I went to San Quentin Drama Arts." <laughs> <laughs> so I put that on my resume: San Quentin Drama Arts. Drama Arts. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, I mean, so from there, I mean, how did you establish being a predator? You say being a predator or prey. I mean, did you just walk in there full on? I mean, your first time going to prison, of course, you have no idea what well, to expect. You, you like, got to remember, you got to remember, I grew up in that system. In the juvenile system. Yeah, I, I, juvenile hall, uh-huh. you know, uh, hi, how you doing? Hold on. I'm saying hello to a beautiful girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, like when you grow up in that system, the people you're going to protect are people that go to San Quentin, go to Folsom, their first jolt. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you understand? It's like, oh, they have no, they're they're a fish out of water. Yeah. And I've known some, I've known some tough, tough guys that are paying protection. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because they're out of water. And and let me tell you something. Every celebrity, I don't care who he is, that has gone to prison, paid protection, and and that's uh, automatic. You know Because yeah. Because I don't care who you are, I don't care what you do, you got money, I need some. It's that simple. It's yeah. that simple. And it's like, now, do you wanna do you wanna pay me or do you wanna die? 
and, and if I can't kill you, there's a couple of other guys standing behind you that will. God, that sounds like a f- absolutely fucked up way to live. I mean, geez. Yeah, but but uh, again, the choice is yours. Yeah. You know, the choice is yours. Yeah. Damn. So, I mean, is there a is there one story that sticks out in your mind from those all those years? I mean, that that really sticks out in your mind about what you went through in there and and I mean, anything like that? Well, you know you what? I mean, I always had I always had a lot of uh, a, a lot of friends, a lot of people, a lot of people that that, uh, that that had my back, that I had their back. This is funny because uh, one of the guys that worked for me, a guy named Mario Castillo, he, I met him in San Quentin, but I went back to San Quentin when I was um, doing a movie called Blood In, Blood Out. Bound by Honor. Bound by Honor, right. <laughs> and uh, and I walk out of the yard. Now, now San Quentin at the time was, was uh, all red, which... Which which means their colors were red, yeah, right? Yeah. There's, that's and uh, and so I look out on the yard and I see, I see two guys wearing blue, and I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this picture? One guy had a pair of sweatpants with a blue L.A. County going down. I said, this guy got he got to be nuts. There's a bad mother. <laughs> and so when I when I went to talk to him, they were from L.A. And so when the cops hate you and want to want to get you hurt, they'll send you to to a, a red joint mm-hmm. if you're blue. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the same vice versa. The, the red guys they'll send to a blue joint. So so the funny thing is, he goes, Nah, yeah, there are these guys are all right. You know, Mario, these guys are all right. You know, they just if we don't get out of line, you know, we don't start trying to be bullies. You know, in other words, if you just walk, do your time, and you know, they used to fight every once in a while. They you know have to stab somebody or something, but 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 it was kind of like one on one kind of thing, yeah. you know, because they weren't in the mix. So so I talked to this guy, and I, I kind of told him, you know, what, when you get out, man, to, to, to come and see me. And so he when he got out, I, I ran into him in in a, a narcotics convention. Con, uh, Narcotics Anonymous Convention, mm-hmm. and we started talking, and he was working in drug abuse and staying clean and everything, right? And then he got sick. When he got sick and couldn't work anymore, I said, "Well, come work for me. Why don't you come, you know, send out my, do my, uh, my autographs and all that shit, you know, mm-hmm. mail and stuff." And so, so and, and so, so he's been with me now like about almost fifteen years. Wow! And and then him and his son came to work for me too. So so it's like a like. Like, uh, uh, but, but that's, that's, that was like a, a, a redemption story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, because the people that, that, uh, what's up, homie? <laughs> God bless you. Man. The, uh, the, uh, and, and that's what this, that's what, that's what being clean and being so and being, uh, uh, of service is about, man. It's about, it's about, you know, helping our fellow man. Oh yeah. That's, that's the only way that. Prisoners can stay out right now. Mario, Mario works with with about nine lifers that have all been doing life and all, all got out of prison because they passed that new law where juveniles that got sentenced to life can come back up to board. And so, how long do they have to do Mario before they come up to board? At least twenty. Whatever the sentence, the sentence is like yeah. five years. Yeah. So they so so most of them most of the guys we're working with right now have done thirty five years in prison. 40 we got one guy 42 years in prison my little cousin got did 38 he's doing great so you know the guys that tend to 
to to be with us. They kind of stay out because I hate to say that you know we're we're eighty year old or fifty year old guys role models, but but basically they see us still still you know not telling and still being okay and 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 uh, and walking the walk. You know what I mean? And 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 it, and it seems to be working out pretty good. Man. Well, when did you, when did you, you got clean then before you started doing movies, right? Before you started. Oh doing, yeah. You no, no, I, got, I got, I got clean and I got clean in, in Soledad in 1968. Okay. 19 Cinco de Mayo. In fact, Cinco de, 5th Mayo. of May, Cinco de Mayo, 1968. It's when a big riot came down in prison and, and I, I went to the hole. Oh shit. And, uh, yeah, they had three of us set to go to the gas chamber and, and, and we, uh, by the grace of God, and the district attorney, uh, it was a, a DJ reject. So you were you were set you were set to go to the gas chamber for a prison. Well, raid? well, well. See what happened was that uh, one of the guys had socked a free person. That's a gas chamber offense. Uh-huh. Another guy had had uh, I kicked one of the coaches. That's anything to do with a free. It was alleged that I threw a rock and hit Lieutenant Givens, and that's a gas chamber offense. Oh my God. So when we went to the hole, I just kind of said, that's it, we're done. You know, that's when you realize, yeah, I was 24 years old, that's when you realize that, okay, as cool as I am and as much respect as I am and and every teacher that I ever had said a lot of potential and every parole officer I ever had said a lot of potential and all that shit is down the drain because they're going to kill me. Yeah. So I, I remember saying, Lord, if you – let me die with dignity. I will say your name every day and I will do whatever I can for my fellow man. man. And I thought, it, I thought it was going to be a couple years, you know, and then they were going to kill me, but the Lord fooled me and gave me the rest of my life to say his name every day and to, uh, to do whatever I can for my fellow man. And I do it every day. That's Even insane. if it's just, Passes out socks to the homeless. Everybody I know, Mario, his son, everybody I know, Mac, all of them, we all carry thermal underwear and socks in our in our trunk of our cars mm-hmm. just to pass them out to homeless. Always, just wow. always. You can go to my trunk right now, open it up. I got thermal underwear and socks. That's amazing. Nah, that's. Amazing. that's it's I mean it's not. It's not. It's it's uh, just to be in that situation where, I mean, not. <laughs> To be in that situation where the, your your life is essentially over, like it's that's yeah. it, and to be sitting there and having to think on that, I mean, you know, geez. you know what's what's amazing, like when when I speak at some place and, and people, you know, applaud, I say you're not applauding for me, you're applauding for what God done with me. Wow, that's absolutely crazy, and so so you you. Get off of of death row then. For I mean, they were you were on death row then. They're putting you in the gas chamber, right? Like you were you were there. Yeah. So. Okay. Worse. Yeah. So you that's complete salt. I mean, you're just in the dark. Just mm-hmm. fucking done. So. Yeah, I got out. I got out of the joint August twenty third, nineteen sixty nine. I had a year clean and sober. I stayed. I stayed. I, I've been clean and sober since that day. So I've got almost fifty years clean, uh, over fifty years clean. So that is absolutely amazing. Congratulations! That's uh, that's yeah. 
That's a milestone. Jesus Christ. So so when did you go into counseling then? Because through counseling is how you got into acting, right? Where you, you went to yeah, a Yeah, well, set- I started you know what? I, I started counseling when I first got out of prison. Uh, uh, a guy named Frank Russo, Frank Russo, Frank Russo. And I say that because he told me never to mention his name. Uh, <laughs> he... He took me to this group. It was a. Uh, it was called RIF, Recovery, Independence, and Freedom. And there was a lot of kids that had been sentenced from the courts there. You know, they were like 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, and they'd been sentenced to the courts. And we started talking, and I realized, you know, wow, this is like cool, you know. And so, and and uh, and and they would listen. They'd listen to Frank. They'd listen to me. And God, some of those kids, man, are still clean. You know, I still see them, man, yeah. and, and and it's like they're grown. They got families, and it's like it's like such a blessing to to hear them talk about me. About wow, man, when you you were like an inspiration, and it was like God. I just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I started, what it takes to help. I started working. I started working for a place called the Narcotics Prevention Project. And Jimmy Pena hired me. I thought it was because I was such a great counselor. He hired me because he needed muscle to chase the the, the dealers away. And uh, and uh, and he was cool, you know. And then and then from there, I started working for a place called Western Pacific MedCorp, which I'm still employed with. Okay, I'm still with them. I work for them. I work for a guy named Mark Hickman, and he's the CEO. And he's like just a he's just brilliant, you know. And he he. Uh, he he loves taking care of dope fiends. You know that's what we do. Yeah, we detox drug addicts. Man, so I haven't left that. I uh, I haven't left that. I'll never leave that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you so you uh, runaway train was the movie you you started working on, right? Where they brought yeah. you in as a counselor. So I have a buddy who was I, in the movies I, down there. His name's London Boyd, and I told him I was talking yeah. to you today, and he wanted me to ask you about Eddie Bunker. And if he was that's a, my pal, yeah, and he wanted to ask if he was an influence Bunker, on you. Let me tell you, Eddie Bunker is actually the one that got my SAG card because I ran into Eddie on a movie called Runaway Train, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he says, Chael, what are you doing here? Are you still boxing? And I go, No, I train, man. I don't get hit in the face no more. <laughs> he says, What are you doing here? I says, They're going to pay me 50 bucks for acting like a convict. <laughs> and we laughed because we'd been doing that for free forever. You know? Yeah. And I knew, and he says, Eddie Eddie saw me win a lightweight and a welterweight title in San Quentin, and he said, uh, "He said, hey, Denny, are you still boxing?" And I said, "I'm training, Eddie. I'm 40 years old. I don't get hit in the fucking face." <laughs> and he says, "Uh, he's you know what? We need one of the actors. We need we need to to, to train one of the actors how to box." And I just said, "What's it pay?" And he said, three twenty a day. Now they're gonna give me fifty bucks." Right, for acting like a convict, three twenty a day. I says, "How bad do you want this guy beat up, Holmes?" <laughs> he said, "No, no, Danny, you got to be real careful. This actor might sock you, man." I said, "Eddie, for three hundred and twenty bucks, give him a stick, homie. <laughs> I didn't beat up for free. Are you crazy?" <laughs> and he says, uh, "He says, uh, oh, uh, uh, I, I started training an actor named Eric Roberts, Julia Roberts' brother." Okay. How to, he was in Runaway Train, and and Eric was scared. Was Eric? Eric was a. Uh, he respected me, so so he would uh, do whatever I told him to do, and Andre Kajalowski, who saw that because Eric was a movie star, and and movie stars are are very difficult, mm-hmm. you know, because they can get anything they want. You know, yeah. so. And Andre, who was a Russian aristocrat, who had never really dealt with a with an American actor, didn't 
didn't understand. Fuck you! I'm going to my trailer. He didn't, <laughs> in Russia, we shoot you, you know. And, and so, 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 uh, so when he saw that Eric would do whatever I told him, he said, uh, "You know, hey, you be in movie. You fight Eric in movie, and you be my friend." First of all, if you have a prison background and somebody says, "You be my friend," eh? It's a it's a red flag. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I said, wait a minute. I want to say, wait a minute. What do you mean? Then he leans over and he kisses me on one cheek, kisses me on the other cheek, and walks away. <laughs> I look at Eddie Bunker. I says, Hey, Bunk. Now I'm gonna train the kid for three twenty, but if I'm gonna be kissing that old man, I want more money. <laughs> Eddie says, No, no, he's European. I've never been with a European. I don't know what the kiss me but Andre and I became the best of friends I mean we became because and then when I went to Russia for his 75th birthday Uh he said Danny Trejo helped me save my movie it was hard for me to work with some American actors and he knew how to work with them and then he holds up his fist (laughs) (laughs) everybody laughed but Eric was, you know, Eric's, Eric's Eric. You know, he does whatever he wants. I mean, I, I wish I was that. I wish I was that, that, uh, that big in the movies. I don't. Well, you're doing whatever you want. You're doing everything you want. You got, you got so many things going on. Who's gonna, who's gonna say no to Danny Trejo, man? <laughs> I did. Uh, uh, Has anyone said me, no to IMDb, Danny Trejo? That's what I want. IMDb, IMDb has got me over, like over 380 now. That's insane. It's like crazy. That's insane. You've got to be one of the most Dude. prolific actors in hey, the industry. Hold on, hold on a minute. Hold on. Okay. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here, buddy. I had to take off my shirt. It got hotter than hell down here. <laughs> How's the weather like up there? Dude, it's hot. It's hot. It's like 80 something today. It's Yeah, it's yeah, down. here too. It's yeah, it's down. a beautiful day. So God's now, so so now we have Danny Trejo, the, the actor, shirtless on the podcast. <laughs> rolling around town. Hey, um, it's still in shape, homie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, yeah. so so going from going from uh runaway train, I mean, this things uh, essentially just started taking off and you started acting yeah. movie well, you movie know what movie. Was funny. Movie. Let me tell you something. I played I played inmate number 1 the first 5 years of my career. I played inmate number one. I played bad guy. I played tattooed guy. I played Chicano dude. I played right. I never had a name, and and uh, and and it was it was it was funny. I mean, because I was getting paid SAG scale because I had a a SAG card, right? Yeah. I got it the first run, and so I was basically a glorified extra with a, just a couple of lines, and and uh, you know my lines were like like I could learn them on the way to the set. I, my lines were. Kill all them fuckers. You know, and, and, you know, I had, I had very, hey, we'll kill them all. I, yeah. And I would say that, and and, uh, and uh, director would go, my God, that was great. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, and so the first time I got interviewed, uh, I was like, I guess some young lady fresh out of interview school, but but she said, Danny, don't you feel you're being stereotyped? And I said. As what? And says, well, well, you know, you're always playing the mean Chicano dude with tattoos. And I looked at her, and I'm standing there shirtless. That tattoo. I said, I am the mean Chicano dude with tattoos. And you know what are you talking about? 
And so, and she laughed. Even she laughed. And uh, the first name I ever had, I was in a movie call with Charles Bronson. I didn't even get to play Mexican. I played an Italian guy named Art Sanella. And I wore a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I made friends. I made friends with Charlie, who was also a great, awesome guy. Yeah. And uh, and in fact, about six weeks later, he invited me to do another film with him. So we did one called Forbidden Subjects, and and, and so he was cool till the day he passed away. He was cool. Man, do you have a favorite so far that you've done as far as your movies go? The one that movies? sticks out? God, I love oh my God, I love I mean, you know what I would have loved Machete even if I wasn't in it. Oh my God. That was a good you one. Know? That was both yeah. of them good. That was, that was uh, just fucking awesome, man. <laughs> and uh right now I'm gonna be in uh Dora the Explorer. What? <laughs> I'm gonna be boots. I'm gonna be her little monkey friend. I'm the voice of her little monkey friend. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. No, I what? swear to God. You have and kids, then, right? Oh God! Yeah, they're all. My son just directed me in a movie. Are you kidding? What? His first movie, his first movie, uh, is called From a Son. His name Gilbert Trejo, and he just directed me in it. And he, we just finished it, and it's it's oh, it's unbelievable. How fucking cool uh, is that? That was so cool. I know. Every time he tell me what to do, I th I think I used to put you on timeout. You know, <laughs> shit. <laughs> then, I, then I do it. <laughs> oh my god! So Dora the Explorer—that's insane. So you've done yeah, a lot and, of voiceover hey, work. Hey, wait! So I go to the Super Bowl and Snoop Dogg's there, and he goes, "He's just a bitch, Danny. Two of the oldest gangsters in L.A., and we're both going to be in SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> They're making a movie, and me and Snoop Dogg are in in SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm Diablo the Pirate. That's hilarious. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Dude, it all pays too. It's <laughs> badass. That's incredible. I mean, you've had you've had such an amazing career and it just keeps going. Yeah. Having your kid be a I mean that's a director. Insane. I tell you, you know what? I used to take him to the movies, I mean to the sets all the time. And I tried to get him into acting because he's a good, real handsome kid, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, secretly he learned camera and he learned he learned. Uh, he he shadowed Robert Rodriguez, and he knows all that shit. I, and and when I watched him directing, I seen a little bit of of Robert. I seen a little bit of Quentin. I seen a little bit of Michael Mann. I seen a little bit of all these directors that he saw work. But he's got his own style. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Damn. He's taking all that stuff and yeah. And made it so yes, yeah, that's cool. That's some of the best stuff right there. Yeah. Somebody has that much exposure, you know. <laughs> Man, well, that's incredible. I mean, so, so you're. I mean, are you going to concentrate a lot of voiceover work going forward? Or are you going to do some more? No, I just, just whatever you got. You know what I mean? You know what? It's like people make a lot out of what, like acting. It's like my job. I'll do whatever you want. You want me to paint an apartment? I'll be a painter. Want me to paint an apartment building? I will. Or a house? I'll paint it. You know, whatever comes down the pike. It's yeah. my job. You just want to work. Yeah, and it's so funny. It's like people really make a a, a big deal. It is a big deal. I mean, you know, because people see you and people know you. But the reality, when it comes down to it, is it's the same thing as a carpenter or a, a plumber. Yeah. You know, it's my job. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm a commercial plumber. Yeah. So I do you, this on the know, on the side. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Come on down to the house. Dude, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I got don't know if you can DJ, afford it. My pal, my pal, my plumber, my DJ, he's always coming to my house. DJ. <laughs> yeah. No, but, it, but, it's, but you understand, it's like you go to work, you do your job, and, and, and you, well, what are you doing next? Whatever comes. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, you know, and uh, I, because I, I know it's like, you know, I see people down at the gym, right? Noah, I'm waiting for a leading role. I go, fuck you. <laughs> Shit, give me a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, it would be like a plumber waiting. No, no, I'm only going to wait for big apartment buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck no, I'm going to work. Yeah. That's where you get all the opportunity, too. That's where you and keep your funny. face out there. I was, and I was doing this uh, this uh, this show. I forgot. They, it was a TV show, and they used to do it in Miami, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a, it was 189,000 degrees, hotter than hell, right? Yeah. And I mean, they would do a scene and everybody have to change shirts. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and me, I would just take my shirt off, get some baby oil, get tanned, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and they were, uh, this director was like, just, Oh God, he was beside himself. And he comes up, he says, all right, what's your complaint? Ask me. And I said, I ain't got no complaint. I said, the money's already in the bank. <laughs> and he says, he says, Danny, how do you keep an attitude? And I pointed to there's like five guys on a roof about about half a block away, pounding nails. I says, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I said, now, now watch this. I told the director, now watch this. Hey, uh, hon, could you bring that umbrella over here? And this little girl runs with an umbrella. I says, that's that's my job, okay? Oh, okay. And how the fuck can I complain? You know what I mean? <laughs> I've seen I've seen people that take a job at the desert and a complain is hot. You were going to the desert, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing the amount of entitlement there is. It's hilarious. Yeah, shit. Get some baby oil and get tanned. Take the shirt off, get some baby oil, get some tattoos, <laughs> and fucking scare somebody. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, do Danny, I hey, you make sure to come to one of my restaurants when you come down to LA. Oh hell yeah, I come to LA every once in a while to do interviews and Shit, stuff. I got, so. Hey, hey, I started I started Trails Tacos as a joke with one of the producers of Badass, right? The movie? Ash. Ash and Jeff produced uh, they produced a movie's called Badass, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. the director was Craig Moss. And so I you know, I'm real picky about my food. I don't like I don't like uh uh like fast food I'll, I'll i'll eat at good restaurants and, yeah and uh and uh uh i don't make fun of vegetarians or vegan because they're just eating good food too you know? so i i just so ash saw me like not liking what they were serving so i i would order you know and he said danny why don't you open a restaurant and so jokingly i said trails tacos <laughs> perfect and so we did badass. We did badass on the bayou, and we did badass too, and then badass on the bayou. When we did badass on the bayou in Louisiana, he brought me a uh, uh, what do you call a business plan? And so, me being the brilliant businessman that I am, uh -huh. I I gave it to my agent Gloria Inojosa and my secretary Mary Matico, and I said, "Read this for me, see what's up." And and both of them said, "Hey." You know, they're not asking for 500 grand up front. You can't lose on this. Wow. So I told Lash, let's do it. And, uh, you know, about six months later, we had Trejo's Tacos on La Brea. And it just took off. I mean, it just took off. And and so 
Then we got now we got Trejo's Tacos on La Brea. We got Trejo's Cantina in Hollywood. We got Trejo's Cantina in Pasadena. We got Trejo's Cantina in uh, Woodland Hills. We got Trejo's Tacos at uh, Southwest uh, Air uh, Southwest Terminal Terminal One in LAX and. Uh, and uh, and it's like well, so we've got eight restaurants right now. Wow. Southwest, we got one at, at Farmers Market on Third and Fairfax, mm-hmm. and everybody keeps asking, "What's your secret?" In three years, and you've got you've there's all of them do. I said, "There's no, it's good food." Yeah, it's it good works food. for itself. You know, and that's and that's it. And people keep coming back. It's good food, and it's like 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 uh, we got vegan. We got vegetarian you can bite into a cow if you want and and I, I i work with a lot of autistic children right we do a lot of a lot of things with with uh, autism and doctors have said that uh kids with uh, uh, that are autistic don't do well with gluten uh-huh. so we put a gluten-free menu and okay. we get whole families because that way mom doesn't have to make three meals yeah, I have I have a special needs son. I I know exactly what you're talking about, and awesome. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so bring him down. God, are you yeah. we're, we're we're kid friendly, puppy friendly. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> awesome, sure. Giddy. So yeah, Danny, what tell me got? about the tell me about Giddy. I got the the press release on it, but it didn't tell me what it is exactly. It described. Well, what... you know what Giddy you know what Giddy is to help you a little bit with uh, with ED. Okay, you know, and and. Uh, and it doesn't mean, you know, that 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 uh, uh, what it does is it'll help you make it'll help you last a little longer. You know what I mean? And that's and she'll enjoy that. And it, and uh, I know all my friends that have, that have used it have said, "Hey, Danny, it's a killer." It's like it's like you know, sometimes you come home late from work, you're tired, and she wants to, you don't, and and you know, just so like straight out, I'll help you. I'm not I really, I, I don't know how to explain it medically, but I know it works. Perfect. Okay. And we get, where can people check that out? Uh, is, it get me, is it getmegiddy.com? Is that the, the website? Yeah. Yeah. Getmegiddy.com. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's exactly. Awesome. You know, I'm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you bet, man. That's my job. Yeah. That's my job. Well, well, yeah. I mean, Danny, I pre- I don't want to take up much more of your time here. I, we're Got almost it. 45 minutes, man, and I, I know it goes fast. But, uh, awesome, my brother. I appreciate you coming on board hey. and doing the show, man. So. Okay, remember my movie, and remember Chicano Soul Shop, Volume 1, that's being dropped this month. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. God bless, Holmes. All right, you too, brother. Take care. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mr. Danny Trejo, uh, most prolific actor of all time on Peer Pleasure with yours truly. Uh, What an amazing experience and an awesome, you know, 45 minutes of time just chatting it up with you know a superstar is awesome so uh i would love to do more of these if you guys have more suggestions on uh, different actors and stuff you'd like to hear um on the show i can definitely do my best to try to get them on uh but like i say this is my first dipping the toe into hollywood so we'll see where it goes maybe it won't go anywhere but uh you know it, it's just kind of uh it comes and goes it's it's feast and feast or famine with uh you know people coming on people not so we do the best we can i think we've done pretty good so far and we got a lot of awesome stuff coming to you um after this one as well so guys thank you again so much for coming back week after week check out merge for socks check out artistflags.com check out rer studio um you guys will not be disappointed and uh guys i can't say it enough 
Without you guys, there is no show. So definitely rate and review the show. Tell a friend. Tell your neighbor. Um, you know, anything helps with the show. Spreading the word. So I really appreciate it, guys. And uh, I'm going to get out of here and enjoy this nice day. Uh, glad, glad you guys enjoyed the episode. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.